Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm, as always, R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight, we are going to discuss the topic of emotions. We haven't talked about that in a long time, I but feel very, tonight is a good night for that. I feel very emotional about that. And in the meantime, Energy and motion. we've taught Mayan for many, many years if someone finds themselves particularly enchanted by Mayan, and uh, we will probably do another show before 2012, the climax. That Hollywood, the, the climax, we're all waiting for. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, we are planning something really fun for that, so you ought to keep tuned in. But today is Six Wizards. Six Wizards, yeah. Which is the, the Jaguar prison. Priestess, or mm -hmm. Priests. And uh, six is the day about balancing your spirituality and balancing the information that comes into your life, which actually, I hadn't thought of this prior, but it's very appropriate to talking about emotion because mm -hmm. things really have to be balanced before the information is clear. Otherwise, your mind gets clouded. Like yeah, if people tell easily. you, if you're sensitive about your shoes and people talk about your shoes and uh, automatically you think they're criticizing you, it's because you're out of balance in that situation. Well, another word for balance is equilibrium, which is a very different way to think of it because equilibrium does mean balance, but it also mm -hmm. means an inherent calmness. Mm -hmm. Now, if we want to upset a human being, oh, by the way, the, today's uh, paper is saying, I organize in order to enchant balancing receptivity, which to me means in a, a particularly large number of things in my day-to-day -day fit into that concept. I seal the output of timelessness with the rhythmic tone of equality. So if we desire to throw a human being off, and we aren't going to use thinking, the best, the most efficient way to throw this person off? Emotions. Because when you are emotional, you are off balance. It is just that simple. There is no equilibrium. Your little tiny internal ocean is way tsunami-like <laughs> when you are experiencing emotions. In the mystery schools, they would have the potential initiates um, practice arbitrarily going through emotions. Like, all right, everybody be angry. Okay, now everybody be happy. Everybody be um, upset. Everybody, everybody feel betrayed. Everybody. And the leader, the teacher, the priest in the mystery school will get you to go through the emotions faster and faster and faster, like your head was inside a magic lantern. And as these things fly by, you, at a point of total revelation, realize how totally arbitrary the emotional reaction is. <coughs> but you'll never get there when you are being the emotion if you're having regret or whatever that is. You just simply are absent. You are not there. You are not conscious. And what emotion does is delete consciousness. You cannot be conscious and emotional at the same time. That well, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but I would add maybe another uh, little mechanism into mm -hmm. the equation. Let's put it that way. Uh, if we look at emotion as being um, desired emotion and maybe not so desired emotion, because certainly the emotion in the form of passion about life is the birth of, of creativity. Emotion 
can be the flavoring to life in so many regards. So perhaps if we define what you're talking about, that type of emotion that makes you feel off balance, as a less desired state of emotion and a desired state, uh, or an out of balance state of emotion and a balanced state. I, I would put forth the idea that in our balanced state, all emotion becomes blissful and it becomes, like I was saying, the flavoring to life, the, the things that, we, we, uh, that propels us forward, the joy that moves us forward, that moves through us. But what happens when our energy body, our electromagnetic field, is out of balance, it tends to make our emotions out of balance in the less desired state. When we get out of balance in our electromagnetic field, it is almost always as a result of some kind of a trauma. And a trauma can only happen when we have a predetermined idea and an expectation about how things are supposed to be. So let me illustrate that in an example. Let's say we assume that all boyfriends show up with flowers on Valentine's Day. Well, when reality does not go along with my, what my belief system has said, it disrupts my electromagnetic field. That disruption in my electromagnetic field creates a negative emotion of feeling hurt and angry because I did not get flowers on Valentine's Day. And so then the emotions are, are out of balance and they go spinning wildly. And when emotions get to that place, it's really like they wag us instead of us wagging them. Yes, you lose When emotions are in balance, it's this fluid that moves through us and animates us. Uh, agreed. Now, the idea, though, is that when we are emotional about something, regardless, I mean, there is, uh, love is a different category, at least in my thinking. Uh, right, so we're going to talk like not-so-desired emotion right. and desire. Right, okay, and we so easily fall into not-so-desired emotion very, very easily. In fact, who knows what might do it for anyone. Uh, you know, uh, we're walking in, um, just out for a walk, and someone just goes ballistic for, from your point of view, no reason, when they were upset that you were six feet tall. You know, just you cannot tell what's going to do this. and. Um, so then in our program, what we're assisting us with is to be in command of our emotions. Mm -hmm. And being in <coughs> command of our emotion will keep us balanced and in equilibrium. And that's basically what we are striving for, because in equilibrium, you can foster a great growth of consciousness. And in fact, not in equilibrium, and you are losing consciousness. So there's this sliding scale where the more emotional we are, the less conscious we are. Mm -hmm. And when we are unconscious, any kind of programming can take over. We're just subject to, there's the unconscious and the subconscious and the conscious and the greater consciousness. And the object of our program is to get us to live in a world where we are all practicing always. This might not happen for a few thousand years, but we're on our way. Uh, to where we are all really quite conscious all the time. And that is to say that um, uh, yeah, even agenda, having an agenda, I want to get this done, can throw you off balance. Because then if you find yourself in a situation 
where the more balanced thing to do would be to listen to the other person, but you cannot because your own agenda is too emotional for you. So then you see what I'm saying? So yeah, and, and that's where I was getting at. It's, it all boils down to if we follow the train that I was speaking of earlier, because we are saying the same thing, oh, yeah. and we're defining terms right now, that if you trace it back, it all has to do with an expectation and a resistance. And remember, Buddha says that the resistance to what is is the cause of all suffering. So yeah. it always has to do with an agenda. And I've long felt that if you're a manager or you know, working with people or just working with yourself, everything, happiness centers around expectation management. Either don't have expectations or don't be so tied to an outcome, yeah. so attached to an outcome. Because if you are not, it doesn't start that intellectual discrepancy between belief of what you feel should quote unquote be happening and what is. So your energy system doesn't get disrupted so you don't spiral out of, out of uh, that, off your center into that what yeah. we would call well, less desirable emotion. And attachment <coughs> to outcome has been a great bane for we the human race mm -hmm. because uh, you cannot conquer another country without being really truly attached to outcome for example, mm -hmm. this idea has, has done us poorly. When it's our planet, everybody's, this is everyone's planet. It's no one individual's planet, no one's country's planet, none of the rest of this stuff. Um, and there's actually plenty of room for everyone. And everybody's except those thinking, people we everybody's don't like. ideas. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh. There's no room for those people. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what insanity we live in. Now, What's confusing about emotion is that it looks like the source of what's making you emotional is out there. But it's not. The source of the emotion is in you every single time. Okay, that is the deal. That's, That's the way where that the expectations always lie. Yeah. Yeah, and so then if we <coughs> can get, and you cannot actually even have any of that thinking we just named, if you're emotional, you cannot recognize that it's out there. I mean, you, you cannot recognize that it's in here because your belief that it's out there keeps you totally from being able to, one, do anything effective about it. The more emotional you are, the less effective you are. And in fact, um, in some movie called Shoot 'Em Up with um, Paul Gilametti, I believe his name is. Anyhow, he played this very, very brainy uh, former um, behavioralist uh, that had taken on a contract to, he corrupted. And uh, he kept talking to his men to educate them while they were chasing this guy. And he said that if you become angry, if you become unbalanced, your brain actually produces a chemical that reduces your intelligence quotient. Well, yeah, all your yeah. blood's going to somewhere different. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily the good, good place either, yeah. <laughs> okay, so with your brain full of this chemistry, which is any off-putting uh, emotion you might care to um, name, then you're just not doing, you're not being conscious, you're not doing a good job in the idea of uh, creating solutions uh, to get you to be in a place where you are again in command of your life, you are. Well, to, 
That's true. T to remain in anger, you have to shut out reason and the other side, or you wouldn't be able to stay in anger it, yeah. by virtue of that. Makes because sense. if you see the full picture, it's impossible to be angry. And we have a yeah. call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Michael. Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, where are you? I'm in Philadelphia. Hey. Hey, well, thanks for calling in. Yeah. What can we do for you? I just wanted to call and say hi and let you guys know I was thinking of you. And oh, oh, we're thinking of you, too. We miss yes. you, but I'm so glad you called. Yeah. Yeah. And we will. Yeah. What's, what's the next topic? Uh, emotion. So we're talking about how our energy body, when it gets disrupted and, and how that happens electrically, is yeah. when we have an expectation and it's not met, that that disruption in the energy field is literally the, the ripple from that is what causes what we think of as a less desired or non-desired emotion. Yeah. But even then, even that non-desired emotion acted out will eventually bang us back into the other direction and we will find our center. Because the beauty about the universe is it will always balance everything out. And I usually have a bottle of water that I shake and show how the water's sloshing back and forth. And but eventually it always comes to rest. And that is, that is the way it, uh, of yeah. the universe. Now remain. Yeah. Remain. Yeah. It just kind of like centers itself because it's kind of like. Nature of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why uh, where they say never go to sleep angry or whatever. I think. Maybe it's, it's a good idea to go to sleep angry because sometimes, well, not necessarily go to sleep angry, but sometimes talking about your anger right after it happens, it institutes us, yeah. pathways, neural pathways that cement down your anger and start gathering information to reinforce it. And when, then when you go to sleep, it gets written into a long-term memory. Yeah. So it's now, good to just let it go. When we sustain a long period of imbalance in some hateful emotion or other, that will eventually cause damage to the nervous system. It does indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a root cause of a countless number of maladies for us. You know, and, and if you're on the planet long enough, your nervous system starts to fail, <laughs> so to speak. You become... Well, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up. And thank you, Michael, for calling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that gives me a lot to think about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, we'll good. see you next week, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, as far as I know, look forward Excellent. to it. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to it. Feel free to hang on for a while if, if you can't hear it over the PC, if you just want to listen, that's fine, too. Mm -hmm. Because um, you're bringing up such a good point that like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Oh, yeah, that went generational. These, these long-standing feuds. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. I was standing in a long feud once. Yeah. Oh, that's Fjord, sorry. I get those confused. Sort of a turf war. Okay. That's a big joke if you're from England and the fjords are turf. It's peat, actually. Oh, okay. Did Where you bring your drum by chance? So we know when you're at the end of that one? I'll get that installed. <laughs> There's an app for that now. It's yeah. called the Rim Shot. There's this one comedian that just wears his own drum. It's boom, boom. May as well. I he used to do the drumming for him. But he now was that I, guy I really in the Revolutionary know. War. You know, the one guy <laughs> had the fife, he had the drum. I, I suppose stand-up comedy would be the future for anyone who yeah. does that. So we're back now, and welcome to Telepathic TV. 
this is television that you watch with your third eye, and by the way, well, open your third eye. Well, we were talking about these long-standing angers, mm -hmm. and I think this is something that leads into uh, healing, whether that's through racial divides or cultural divides or religious divides, or just the, the sexes, the man, men and women, or the animals, the different species. We really have to get to a point where things are healed and that we have to allow ourselves to open up and heal and let go of old anger. I think sometimes we have natural anger come up in order to create a change. Yeah, and say, yeah. you're stepping on my foot repeatedly, you're going to stop this, I'm going to do what I have to do to get you to stop that. It's not mm -hmm. like we want to throw these things away. I used to say that emotions are like different coats and we have this closet. And when we get into perfect center, then we will open that door and we will pull out the coat that is appropriate for us to use at that moment or what we choose. It's when those coats start thinking they have more power in our life to create than we do that we have to then relook at everything because anger has a place. Yeah. Sadness even has a place. It's just not to let it control us and overtake us. Well, in a, a far more conscious world than the one we live in, there wouldn't be anger, there wouldn't be sadness, there would not be things like that. Because if you do the pie graph of your life, okay, and haven't we all, and you could have a pie graph eating contest, but back to pie my point. Pie square, uh-uh, pie around. There we go, okay. Uh, if you do the pie graph of your life and you take one slice that is the amount of time you've been emotional about something and another slice that is the slice where you have been a calm, rational, collected, let me just use the word conscious because we can use the word unconscious for the emotional slice. Which, which slice is bigger, where you have been conscious or where you have been emotional? Because that really is the deal and I think if we fess up, a lot of us have spent a lot of time being very upset about things. Now one of the well, stipulations about anger. let's use that word upset anger, rather than emotional. Let's, let's use the word upset. Okay. That's all right. Um, a stipulation about anger is not only is it out of balance, but you're missing information. If you had the information, you wouldn't have been angry to begin with. In other words, anger is missing information. And in fact, the emotions in general, the not-so-nice emotions, are always as a result of missing information. Correct. For example, the emotion of betrayal. When you feel betrayed, you become very emotional and you set, the word betrayal is a pattern, uh, pardon me, a program, also a pattern, it depends on you whether it's one or the other. But when you feel betrayed, you set off, let's be kind and say a 16 year program that is actually a variety of hatreds. In other words, you hate the other person for being themselves, being who they are. You hate yourself for not being aware of it and everyone that you know comes to hate you because you won't stop talking about this. And so at the end of, say, the 16 years, like the turkey's done, your third eye suddenly goes ding. You go, oh my God, that was such a blessing that that happened because when I was betrayed, then it was done. There wasn't like weeks of negotiation about will it be done, it was done. And so that was a good idea because that could have become even more and more and more entangled. So the word betrayal actually means freedom. <clears throat> well, and also the, the, um, 
betrayal is based, like I was saying earlier, if, if I have a, a limited belief, like if you have a red coat on, you're supposed to open the door for me, or whatever that is, mm -hmm. and that is infringed upon. It's righteousness, it's self-righteousness, and that always gets back down to good and bad, right and wrong, them and us, it's mm -hmm. that duality. Yeah, yeah. So if we can see that everybody is entitled to their truth, and that my truth may not be there for you, then we are not going to have that disruption in our energy field mm -hmm. from that resistance to what is, or that, um, that expectation being dashed, and then it doesn't trigger those more and less desirable a, emotions. I, I get, yeah, here we got a call. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. This is Cheryl. I hope you guys are doing well. Hi, We're thank having you. a good time. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Wonderful. As usual, I have a question for you. I'm hoping you can help me out. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I've, I've been trying to be more observant about my energy field. And Excellent working on uh, quieting down the emotional roller coaster with meditation and uh, giving myself the hesitation before I, I say things or I, I make a decision, you know, kind of trying to find that, that little quiet silence mm -hmm. before That's I excellent. jump. Not an easy thing to do. What I'm wondering um. is at times like what I have going on right now, where you have major changes all seeming to occur in life at the same time. And uh, any one of those could make you extremely emotional, but uh, you kind of have a, a certain deadline to get them all done. How do you recommend uh, finding the, the quiet space well, so I think that you're, you're um, not being overwhelmed, but yet um, not multitasking to where you're you're not giving each decision the energy it, it really deserves. Does that make sense? Well, oh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think number one here is for us not to hate our emotions. And that, I think, is numero uno and very critical. I know you don't necessarily agree with that, and that's okay no, because hate. these are, are different things. They, they are there for a purpose. They're not evil. The minute you say your intellect and your rational mind is the good guy and the emotional is the bad, out of control guy going on within us, we will forever be at war. So I think number one, when you're in a situation where there's a lot going on and you have, have to be in many different places, forgive yourself if you don't maintain some expectation. Because our state of blissful meditation and distance from our emotional world and everything is still a contrivance of the ego. It is still, ah, oh, now I am good. I am in my spiritual practice. That's the bad me over there. We have to love us unconditionally. So we do expectation management. What about our beliefs? Let's say you got 500 things going on. They all have deadlines. I would look immediately at what my beliefs are about this. What are my self-expectations? Am I expecting me to be able to do 100 things all at once without having any kind of an emotional cracking up or breaking down, whatever we say? And then if that's the truth, say, well, I forgive myself. Even if I turn into a basket case and run around the street screaming or whatever that may be, I choose to love myself. And I will learn from this about packing so many things all at once. Otherwise, it's going to be a war. 
-hmm. No matter what, it'll be a war. Right. Now, another point of view um, is that the we human beings aren't trained this way at all, so this is somewhat different from what we're used to. But there is the idea that you have chosen to have all of this piled on your plate all at once. You could see that, right? Yes. You made that decision. Okay, now. <laughs> and I don't know what I was thinking when I made it. <laughs> well, you can always not change your mind. It's <laughs> a conscious decision because uh, the uh, emotions make us unconscious to I agree. agree. Yeah. Okay, Negative so, emotion. Uh, if you go with the concept of one thing to solve at a time, one thing to solve. In fact, if you sit down with a piece of paper and write down everything uh, that is in your, in your cloud of, <laughs> so I don't know why, how in the world anybody thought you could sell a computer with the concept of cloud involved in it, because cloudy just isn't what we're looking for. But nonetheless, back to what we're saying. Uh, all of these things flying around your head, well, write them down. Now, you'll write them down with, if you don't think about writing them down, you'll write them down in a very specific order. And the very specific order is not necessarily the most critical thing to solve would be the first thing you would think of. You'll, you'll put them in a different sort of order that will be a big tell. I'd have to see, but you would, you would be talking to yourself about the order. Nonetheless, just put them down. And then put down next to it a box, I'm going to deal with this immediately by tomorrow, you know, et cetera. And, and right. you just begin to spreadsheet the thing out to the place where you get to the concept that, oh, I can do this now. There's nothing I can do about anything else right now, but this I can do now. And this whole concept of bless it if it does, bless it if it doesn't. In other words, I bless it if this thing does not work out. I bless if it does work out. Now, you are no longer attached to outcome. See how that separates you from yeah, that's a, attached yeah. to outcome? That's kind of okay, now, yeah, and so that's, that's based on the whole eastern hemisphere of our planet has the feeling that the universe will take care of you, and all you have to do is ask, and that's a correct answer. And we here in the western hemisphere uh, have to go get that thing done. We have to drink coffee and beat it to death and drag it home and put it up on the wall as a trophy. And that's a correct answer, too. Well, so bless it or go ahead. Yeah, well, I just w was commenting on, on having a lot to do. I've gone through very many points in my life where I had a huge amount of things to do. And one thing that um, became a mantra of mine that I found very helpful is everything because I would have a thousand things to do and it seemed like I just could not get to the end of it so I started taking a deep breath and this helped me remain in the moment and I would kind of chant to myself everything I do is one less thing to be done everything I do is one less thing to be mm -hmm. done and it helped me remain in the moment mm -hmm. but I think ultimately it is so critical I feel because I work with people and emotional issues, that's what I do, and I see well, that everybody has emotion. And if you look at the leaders in the countries, especially the ones at war, are highly emotional people. Now we're all emotional people, but let's say they are emotional to the extent where they don't feel they have the power to be the governor of them, that they're just reacting to certain things that if we open our mind, everything is solved by higher consciousness. Yes, and like that's I was saying earlier, yeah. when you're angry, you have to cut off all that other information or you can't remain angry. So if someone is angry, 
you know that there is that mechanism there that's cutting that so, off. So an, ex an excellent way to get to the higher consciousness about it is the disconnect from it, and you put it over there, the list of things is over there. And the absolute truth of the matter is, you don't actually have to do any of them. You don't. It might look like you do, and your happiness may be based on that concept, but there is the idea that if you are just detached from it, then you've reversed poles in the situation, and then the solution presents itself. I've instead done that of for years, the yeah, list, because yeah. I, I, I've recommended to people for a long time now that when they come home from work with all that stuff, work related, mm -hmm. that keep a notebook right by the door and you write down anything, even your irritation with your boss and the anger over your coworker oh, and the injustice, idea. and you write it down on a piece of paper and you don't allow yourself to bring it into the door. And, you, and if something comes to you as you go to sleep, get up and walk out there by the front door and write that down. Do whatever you have to until that becomes habit. Then the next morning, you can tear that piece of paper off and take it into work with you so that you don't have to worry about forgetting it. Right. And, and it really is like a, like a external hard drive for yeah. these things, so cording them off. does that keep you from um, multitasking and, and kind of muddying the energy? Yeah, it really does because, because you're leaving it for where it belongs. I, I went through many years where I thought worrying was doing something about the problem. And so I was very good at doing something about the problem uh, in the form of worry. And then I, I realized that there was nothing I could do about paying the rent tomorrow or the fight I had with somebody yesterday or whatever that was. And so I would take pieces of paper and I would write worry, uh, paying the rent or whatever and folded it up and put it in the fire and addressed it to the future. Because the future me can do something about that, but not this me. And so. Right. And I can't do anything about the past. And so ask yourself the question, is this a job for the me right now? And that usually, almost always, it's no. Very few things are that's, really going yeah, on right now. That's very much We're the idea. We're either measuring or experiencing. Yeah, we had uh, someone a few weeks ago, or however long in time it was, I can never quite, um, that said the solar flare knocked out the computers in their office for three days, made some statement approximating what I just said. And then it turned out that um, uh, some time later on from that, it caused me to realize um, just how serious it is that we identify with what we do, not who we are. In other words, you never would have said the computers were knocked out by the solar flare. You would have said, uh, my meditations seem to have amplified themselves, because you can withstand a lot more than the electronics can well, you had more time as the far as waves down. coming into uh, the place where we are, like the waves from the full moon are fully documented as causing human beings to boil up a bit, you know, a bit that's euphemistic. So with, with this idea that if we can uh, no longer identify with what we do, but identify with who we are, then we, we don't have to do anything. Eckhart Tolle said, and I believe it was him, said that there is nothing that you can possibly do that will make you any greater than you already are because we are all already, this is other philosophies coming in, but we are all already a spark of God. We are all already God. And there's nothing you're ever going to do that's going to make it better than that. So what you can do with the list is just understand that 
you're greater than that and that these are a bunch of games you invented for yourself to okay. see yeah to see how far you could stress yourself before what is the word for that the brain explodes <laughs> that's several well, words but yeah so thank thank you for giving oh, well, me things to think about yeah mary anything else no no, no. thanks thank for you. calling we love and, the call yeah and, call. and mary if if you happen to have time could you give me a reading at the end of the show uh sure what's your name I don't know that she was. Oh. We will do a reading oh. for the caller, and you'll know that's you. Okay. Uh, oh, you know what they're saying? It's oh, wait, probably wait, wait. better to call back just because sometimes we that get was so many Cheryl. people. Cheryl. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes we get so many people waiting, and then they get frustrated because yeah, yeah. I'm doing readings for. Okay. Um, we have another call. We do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Marianne Neville. This is Kathy. How are you? Kathy. Hi, Kathy. We're oh, doing good. How about you? I'm good. Good. I see this. Okay. Hey, um, Kim and I were having a conversation at work today about controlling your feelings or letting your feelings control you. Mm -hmm. And well we were put. trying to figure out the difference between controlling your feelings and being fake. Yes. Very good point. Thank Where you, you for bringing that up. Yeah. I, you see, I feel, and this is my personal uh, view and, and I'm sure Neville has his and each everybody oh, has yeah. theirs but I feel very uncomfortable about holding something back and being fake now if I'm holding let's say I'm angry at you and I feel that in my quiet space I realize it may not be in anyone's best interest for me to speak how I'm feeling then that's not fake that is a decision based on everything that I have going on yeah, very within me. But when I feel that I can't say that because uh, I want to manipulate you or I'm still caught up in that externalized space, then I feel that fakeness is, is not going to really work out. It's not, it will go inward you'll hold it back and it'll, it'll make you sick and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if I explained that correctly, but one well, is I'm doing this, well go ahead and then I'll... I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead um, yeah. and then I'll finish. Um, just the word fake is one of those fake words like accident and, and mistake and time and actually space, but it's something we are not capable of being because um, until we dig, once we get to the point that we recognize our connection to the universe as being something inside of us and that all the answers are inside of us and furthermore that we don't have to prove anything to anyone then you cannot be in a state of being fake and even if you could you still wouldn't be because you would be authentically being fake. Does that make sense? Kinda. If you are in charge of your life and you are deciding everything that happens in your life and you decide to be fake, then you are being authentic because you've decided it. Okay, so for example, I'm having a really bad day and I'm grumpy, but someone comes down the hallway and I have to act professional, but I'm not really feeling professional and I'm kind of putting a fake smile on my face, you know what I mean? Yes, but that's being authentic well, as of who you wish to be because if you just lash out at somebody coming down the hall it will result in finding another job which could be a true blessing. Well I think ultimately it's about being completely honest with self mm -hmm. and it's not like we have to be honest with anyone else. 
I remember a book saying what other people think of me is none of my business. Yeah. And likewise, what I think of other people is none of their business. And I think that might be the key and be very helpful. Yeah. Now, ultimately, I think we get to the place where we speak our truth from a place of love on a carrier wave of love. Like mm -hmm. Henry Winkler says, I don't mind your honesty as long as it's delivered with kindness. Right. But what we tend to do is hold it back out of fear which I know sometimes manifests as something fake, but holds it, hold it back out of this fear or this feeling of, of disapproval, and then it boils up like, a oh, earth, yeah. uh, like a volcano and comes shooting out. And then we say, see, this is why I can't say anything. But if we're honest and someone, and we're angry at somebody and they come up to us, if we could speak about it, that would be great. But I think ultimately, the only one we are lying to is ourselves. And yeah. if we're true to ourselves, it doesn't matter what other people And in think. the world of diplomacy, it is not necessarily always the right time to speak about it. Yeah, they, it's none of their business how you feel. Yeah. And so that, that's really the, the bottom and, line. And that's where the emotion can work against you. If you're bubbling up with your attachment to outcome about having to speak and the other person has to you know, do their thing, you're far more diplomatic to allow them to speak because we are all self-existing. No one knows it, but we are all um, a complete and total unit within ourselves. At the same time, we are all one thing, that each individual in the ocean of humanity has a complete and total full deck. Well, we also get in the subconscious mind that we are supposed to tell everybody everything that we feel, especially women are brought up that way and men are brought up the opposite of that say nothing about how you feel now i'm not saying every man and every woman is brought up that way i'm talking maybe about trends about a generation ago mm -hmm. that we're, we're supposed to say everything we're supposed to say everything that's on our mind or we're not being honest to that other person and if the guy that we're with isn't saying everything on his mind then he's not being honest with us and that gets back to what I was saying earlier about that belief and that expectation. If we can manage that, manage our expectations about what we're expecting from our partners, from our friends, from our coworkers, from our bosses, we're not going to even be in that situation where we would feel like we had to be fake or not fake because we are saying, okay, I walk into this certain job, I, I will expect that my boss is unfair and that this coworker will play her radio and irritate me. I will just expect that that's all going to be there and not resist it yeah. and then find my power within that. Yeah, and expect is the idea that it's out there. Yes, that the it's all, happiness exactly. is out there yes. when it's in here all the time and Very that's good. what we really don't get. Mm -hmm. And the teaching from Lazarus, there are those of us that walk through the world with the idea that love will carry us on a unicorn back with, with rainbows and sprinkles and little tiaras and a magic wand and just everything will be taken care of for you. And those rare amongst us at this time in the history of mankind, those that know that they must carry love with them. And so when you walk into a situation as the one who carries love with them, then you can, you can just transmute the situation like that. But when we walk around trained, brought up, to expect love to take care of everything, love will take care of it, right? Gone. Snow on the water, gone. Well, one of the most powerful meditations I've ever done, and I have it in my upcoming book on 1001 meditation techniques. That's a good. But um, the, it was really a powerful one, and it, it really changed my life. And 
typically we think we take an inhale, we breathe in the positive, exhale the negative or whatever. This meditation was about assuming that we are so great and so powerful that we can breathe in anything that requires healing and exhale the healed state. Excellent. It completely transformed my mm -hmm. orientation on the planet, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody would like to do that right now, perhaps, sure. Kathy, the situation at work or anything going on in your life for anybody that's out there, let's all take a deep breath and visualize taking in that situation that's troubling you and transmuting it within your own field and then exhaling it in this beautiful, healed, higher vibrational state. And when you believe in your power to do that, it do, you can walk anywhere. Like Steve Martin said that he was too poor to afford wall-to-wall -wall carpeting, so he glued carpet samples to his shoes. I thought that was hysterical, but I think it's a metaphor that if we become the transmuter of things, then we don't ever have to find that outside of us, and it's mm -hmm. always right glued to our feet on our path. Yeah, co-creator with God, that's mm -hmm. the way that works. Go ahead, lead that, let's do that. Okay, Seriously. well let's, let's yeah. do that. Everybody take a minute, and if you want to picture maybe some of the turmoil and strife going on in the world, um, as well as in your own life, yeah. like um, the, the not so desirable emotions that are wreaking havoc within the minds mm -hmm. of leaders in the world. Yeah. So I'll count to three and we'll take a big inhale and visualize taking that in. And you don't have to worry about it. Your, your divine spirit, your divine energy will transmute it. Okay, so one, two, three, and inhale. Transmuting and then exhale. Consciousness, peace and love and respect. Wow. Yeah. Now you had to become bigger than it. In order yeah. to do that, you had to become bigger than that. So what better way for us to expand all the and time? And if we all do that, even just for our own particular emotional foibles, if we all just That's do that, I, yeah. the breath out will heal the entire world. I know. So it I doesn't know. matter who does what. It just matters that you heal you. And then we as a group all heal. Well, and that's why I said both internal and external. Anything you yeah, want to put in there. Yeah, we'll okay. heal that. Well, if we all did that every day, yes, you're right. Yeah, this would be a different world. Okay. Uh, Kathy, thank you very much yeah, for the call. Yeah, great call. Please call us again. We'd love miss to hear you. from you. Yeah, we miss you and see you at whatever the next event is. But... Um, yeah. We're having, we have some new people, I believe, coming to our next new moon, by the way. Oh, good. I, yes, I um, come to the new email. moon, Kathy, or anybody out there that wants to. It's, yeah, it's on the on. website. Yeah. We'll play our uh, remote view game, and we always uh, do a meditation and stuff. Mm -hmm. so we're going to start doing that. Oh, yeah, it's part of the evening. Mm -hmm. And then your remote view game, mm -hmm. which is what has attracted these people. I sent you that, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll figure I it out later. Somehow I have a feeling the duck wing is its way in. Yes, and in the meanwhile, the look at this beautiful Marx amethyst, amethyst. <laughs> Amethyst. Mm -hmm. Isn't that gorgeoso? Okay. Mm. All right. So they're getting set up for the duck. But yeah. re I really feel treat your emotions as clothing, like costumes that you choose to put on. And I can guarantee you when you do that, you'll realize a lot of your costumes are from childhood and you don't really have to wear them anymore and that these new, really wonderful ones are coming into your life and treat them as something that you choose. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I hear a duck, so that must be... Here comes the duck. 
The sacred and jolly duck is what I thought that said for a second. Oh, I believe oh, that's oh, accurate. Oh, jolly yellow duck. Yeah, I got resilience. And you know, resilience comes quicker and quicker when you drop attachment uh, and expectation. Inspiration, the point at which uh, the spirit enters one. I had a great deal of success in my own thinking through the books I've been reading uh, in, about going through emotions faster and faster and faster, arbitrarily setting myself up as angry or happy or emotional state, emotional state. Um, and I got them going by so fast that it just popped that they were arbitrary choices I had been making since everything that happens in one's life is one's choice. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it became possible to be balanced in a way that had never happened before. Oh. Just, um, as we said, uh, ancient mystery school teaching. So if anybody at home is bored, write down the emotions. Well, we started a school called There Is No Mystery. <laughs> you there did. Is no. There Is No Mystery School. That's the, okay, the way it's so pronounced. So I'll we do have our call. Hi, caller. What's your um, name, please? I'm just going to do Cheryl real quick, oh. but we can put that back. Uh, well, could you just you, say to hold on for a second? Yeah, hold on for a sec, would you please? Uh, so Cheryl. Cheryl, this is for you real quick. The mind, if we think of things too many times oh, and it goes round and round in our head, all it does is shred it up. We don't get more insight, we get less. So this is about turning in when issues come up and um, some of the things going on in your life. Don't worry about them. Don't take up more energy by running them over and over in your mind know that you'll be doing the right thing at the right time. And one thing that uh, I picked up on is that there may have been a time when you felt like you dropped the ball on something that was really important, and your lack of forgiveness over that moment is what keeps you maybe hypersensitive to a lot of things going on, and therefore less peace of mind. Yeah, that was in middle school. Okay. Happened, um, by the way. Uh, well. Just uh, about, uh, so our, our, our caller, please, what's your name? Um, hello. Hi. What's your name, please? Um, this is Gloria. Gloria, welcome. Hi. Hi. Hi, what can we do for you tonight? I like a general reading, please. Okay, be happy to. Okay, the first card we get is receptivity. <clears throat> One of the beautiful things about this card is it, um, the whole thing is bypassing the head and that the lotus blossom appears there and it goes right to the heart. So this is a time to be open and receptive to things coming from all different angles without too much analyzing of it. And we got the lover's card and of course any relationship out here has to begin with that relationship within self and that bonding in there. And the fact of being receptive, I think it is saying be receptive to things that you love, people and circumstances that are coming into your life, and trust, because sometimes in past relationships we can stop trusting because of uh, certain evidential thinking, but throw all that out the window and just let everybody be trustworthy to be who they are, as we've talked about many times. Yeah. Okay. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Thank you. Hi, yes, my name is Shalanda. Hi, Shalanda. Shalanda, what can we do for you? Um, well, I'm trying to decide should I move out to the U.S. and become an expat, or should I go to grad school? So, Mary, can I have a, have a reading for that? Okay. Well, one thing I heard is why not do both? <laughs> yeah. 
here, here's uh, the card that talks about being who you really are instead of who you're identified with. And I think maybe the moving out of the country is something that may have been like a thought of yours or an idea of yours for a while, or there might have been something that led you to think that that was a good idea. And this is saying, analyze it and see if that's really how you feel now, if that's still how you feel. And then, of course, the receptivity is being open to the idea that there might even be something new coming in. And, uh, and the fighting, the struggle, it, I don't know if you're still there, but if one of those choices is a conflict with maybe people or circumstances in your life, I would have you look at that conflict rather than the issue, like going to school or, or going out, um, moving away. But I think doing both, maybe doing the grad school and then moving away is kind mm -hmm. of what I saw. Yeah, makes sense to me. I could go to grad school in Europe someplace. Yeah. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Okay. Uh, years ago on the show, we announced uh, that there's no such thing as cold and flu season. Apparently, uh, we announced now that there's no such thing as Allegra season. Can we just get over that? Allegra? Yeah, it's an ad that's running constantly. Uh, if you're having allergies to pollen, what you do is you take the white petals off a daisy and make a tea out of it. Well, we can't really give remedies, but if you choose to do that. Yes, no guarantees, unlike Allegra, which guarantees side effects, at any rate. Yes, there's no uh, risk of uh, anal leakage and death from this one. It would be unlikely that, um, and I'm certain that the Some medical examiner has never seen. Some of those pharmaceuticals, really, they're, they're yeah, incredibly. Yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. yeah, you're better off just going with them. Sometimes right, the whole commercial is side effects, yeah. rapidly spoken, too. Yes. Like cough, sneezes, dizziness, death. <laughs> Sudden death syndrome. Amnesia. Skull explosion. <laughs> Cranial <falls> pressure. <laughs> okay, caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, Hi. good. Hi. What's your name, please? Michelle. Michelle, what can we do for you? I would like to have a reading from Mary. Ah, I'd be most happy to. Thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't typically do these sorts of things, but I felt there was a man in spirit that was really close to you just then mm -hmm. uh, that wanted to c communicate. The aloneness card is like the hermit, <clears throat> and the hermit goes inward to find their own light, <coughs> excuse me, rather than following the light that may be emanating from others. And I feel like you've done this, that that's been important to you since you were a little child and that there has been angelic guidance around you. And look, the next card is confirming that. Spirit guides, uh, the master teacher being around you. There's something very, very sacred in this lifetime that you're here to do. And it's not like we all don't have that, but yours is something very specific that's in the emotion, uh, um, excuse me, in the spiritual arena that you're being called to do. And right now, moving forward, it, it might be about decluttering. And it's not just physical physical things, but emotional and mental and expectations and just stripping them away. If you look at all the great religious texts, like even the life of Christ, it always begins with them stripping away their lives. Now, that doesn't mean live in poverty and punishment. It just means get rid of the things that are occupying your mind so that you can really move on that spiritual course. Anyway, it's going to get amped up and be very, very good. I have things occupying my mind. <coughs> takes up a lot of space. Oh, is that where the Occupy DC went afterwards? Is occupying Neville's mind? Works like that. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
Hi, Mrs. Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. Hi. Oh, I'm upset, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> okay. Yay. I, I love your subject tonight because it's so close to me. I'll speak rather quickly since you're near the end of the show. But I'm in the 84th year, and I've had two health issues in the last few weeks where I've gone to doctors. One finally diagnosed it as a fracture in my foot, and the other is cataracts. But what gets me, and I don't know how to handle it, Mary and Neville, when they put you in a room and say the doctor will be with you shortly and yesterday I spent 25 minutes in the room no one came in to say are you okay we'll be with you soon and I finally opened the door and I'm very upset about all this and I don't know how to handle the doctors they've been doing it well, to me go ahead Mary no I uh, it's funny that you would even bring that up because I worked in restaurants for years and I noticed that when people got mad is when you didn't tell them anything because it's this open-ended waiting that could go on forever. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying your food got burned, they're remaking it, it'll be another 10 minutes because it's like no one is in charge. And I think it bothers us too because certain professions get this elitism around it and feel like you or we are so much less important that someone can't come in and say the doctor's delayed, it's going to be a few okay. more minutes. I love to be put on hold. I love when nobody comes. And the reason is that there's no such thing as wait. There is no such thing as waiting. Nobody can wait. It cannot possibly be done. It is the opportunity to meditate. If the doctor did not come in, it is not because he's caring for someone else. It is because you weren't yet ready. So when I'm put on hold, I know one very important thing. I'm not ready to talk to that person yet. I know that for a fact. So I immediately go into, give me missing information. What is it that I don't know yet? And so That's during that point. time, you compose yourself so that you can very efficiently say, Doc, cataracts, foot, get busy. Yeah. No, that, that is a very good point. But when we have that emotion, when we have those feelings, sometimes it's our battle and sometimes it's not. And I think that's a good question to ask uh, uh, because I have thought that uh, sometimes we get too complacent. I know I'm trying to rush through this because we're getting ready to end, but Eleanor, we're not. please we're just call back. Like yeah, we're like those um, side okay, effect I, things. Mary, I did tell the doctor what I felt about it. Did you? What did he say? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think sometimes we get in this, um, this uphill, downhill, like this is a god and I'm down here, that sometimes the information just isn't communicated and sometimes say something, speak the doctor, up. The doctor did a very brilliant job of not, minimizing the amount of time mm -hmm. that it would take to get to where he was going. If I, he had defended himself, you never would have gotten any treatment. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not so much about making the doctor wrong or right. This is really like coming from when we get angry. It's important to say, is this my clue? When I step back and become the master of it, is this a tool? Am I summoning it so that I can create change in my life? Or is it overwhelming me and making me feel like less? Sometimes the anger comes to make us feel like less so that we realize we're not. Yes. And Okay, okay, we're about to thanks, close. Thanks, Eleanor. Eleanor. Call back next thanks, week. And do I call we love back. you. And we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle, if anyone would like to join us. And I had had palmistry scheduled for the next couple, uh, next two weekends. Yes. Uh, and I don't believe that's happening unless there's like, uh, uh, like 10 people show up. 
So as far I as I can I highly recommend that. Yes, yeah, since yeah, psychic, I know, and I'm oh, not really of, in the, you know. Speaking I, of, psychic development has been delayed by one week as well, and that's happening on Sundays. Yeah. But it's all on the website. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. Thank you.